Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Some of you may have not noticed, but Pastor Matt and Jill are not here this morning. They're actually spending time with their pastors, Pastor Brian and Bobby Houston of Hillsong Church. They're also connecting with other pastors in the Hillsong family right now to gain more vision and to get built up in their faith so that they can come back fired up and ready for the fall. And I know that I'm not the only one in this room that is thankful for our pastors. Is there anyone else thankful and grateful for our pastors? I just want to make sure that I spend a moment to honor them. They are amazing. I know that it's actually a part of our mission statement, but they love God so much, and they love people so well. And it's amazing to see that worked out on a personal level, and I'm, I'm so grateful for the friendship. So I just want to make sure that I extend honor where honor is due. We are, we are grateful to have them. We're blessed, church. Well, this morning, if you don't know who I am, my name is Chris. I, along with my wife, we pastor the Exchange, which is the Young Adults Ministry here at Colonial Church. Have some young adults in the house this morning. It's amazing. I feel like all of them are at the front row right now, pretty much, which is great. Help me preach this morning. Um, But it's been such an amazing opportunity to be a part of that and to lead that alongside my wife. And I felt God say to me a few weeks ago, uh, he said, watch this space in regards to this age group. And uh, I, I wonder, church, if you would just pray alongside us and just believe for God to do the miraculous um, in this ministry, but also in this church. And I really feel like God just kept saying, watch this space between the ages of 18 and 30. That generation is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I believe God is going to do amazing things through them. It's beautiful. But I get to do that with my wife. My wife is at the front row right now, and she'd be the first person to tell you that she's blessed to have me in her life. And, uh, no, it's actually the other way around. Uh, she is my better half. I'm blessed to have her. And um, I love that we get to do this together. So, all right, enough about me. I'm ready to read the word. Did anyone bring their Bibles with them this morning? Amazing. All right, we're going to be reading out of Daniel chapter 3 this morning. Daniel chapter 3. And just as a side note too, just so you are aware, I'm a hollerback kind of preacher. So if something resonates with you this morning, you have full permission to shout amen. You can say, that's good. You can wave your hanky around if you want. You can say, oh, that that was for me. Or you can turn to your neighbor and say, ooh, that that was actually for you. Either way, anything works. But you can preach with me. You have full permission this morning. Amazing. And I want to just kind of paint the picture of the context leading up to this particular story. So we see King Nebuchadnezzar, and he is in the midst of invading Jerusalem, but he decides to set some men aside that are in Jerusalem. He spares them, he uproots them, and brings them to Babylon. And these men were part of the royal family in Jerusalem, and And they were viewed competent to be in the king's palace with King Nebuchadnezzar. So they spent some time actually 
being educated in, in Babylon. So they're uprooted from their homeland and put into Babylon. And it's an interesting experience for these men. But along, uh, along some of these men, that we see Daniel and his three friends. But we're going to focus on his three friends this morning, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we see at some point, King Nebuchadnezzar decides to build a golden image. And he announces to everyone in the land that if, whenever they hear music play, they should bow down and worship this golden image. And if they do not, they will burn in a, in a fire, in a big furnace. So options are kind of limited. Um, you either bow down or you go down in the fire. So it's an interesting time, but we see these three men, they refuse to bow down. These three Hebrew men, because they believe in God. And they refuse to bow down to this golden image and disrespect their God, our God. So let's read this together. Start in verse 15. It says, Now if you are ready when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well and good. But if you do not worship... You shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this manner. I love how they have some attitude. Verse 17. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Listen to this, verse 18, but if not, everyone say, but if not. Be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with fury, and the expression of his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He ordered the furnace heated seven times more than it was usually heated. Verse 20, he had ordered some of the mighty men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their cloaks, their tunics, their hats, and their other garments. And they were thrown into a burning, fiery furnace because the king's orders was, was urgent and the furnace overheated. The flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 23, and these Three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the burning, fiery furnace. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, The Good Life. The Good Life. Turn to your neighbor and say, I want the good life. life. Amazing. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come around your word and study it, God, together. And I pray that we would gain this understanding that your Holy Spirit is actually here right now. We're so thankful for it. But we have not come to you to be entertained, God. We have come to have an encounter with you. So I just pray that you would bless this time and that we would actually leave this place better than the way that we came in. In Jesus' name. And for five seconds, can you just give God some praise real fast? Amazing. Has anyone had a moment where you felt like God was asking you to do something you didn't want to do? Come on, we're family. Is there anyone in this place? I'm the first one to raise my hand. There have been moments where I felt like God was speaking me to do something and obey him. 
and I did not want to. I was afraid to. But I was, I was with some of my friends recently. We, we went to Jacksonville to a pizzeria. Where we were having pizza and hanging out, and I hadn't seen some of them in a while, so it was great to catch up and chat with them. And I was having a good time. I was hanging out. I was relaxed. Um, and everything was going right until the middle of my dinner. Middle of my dinner, I felt God speak to my heart. And he was whispering things to my heart to encourage our waitress. And I'll be honest, in that moment, I probably looked like there was something wrong with my pizza. My countenance completely changed. My expression completely changed. And my friends probably were wondering what was wrong with me. But I was internally struggling with the option of if I was going to step out in obedience and trust God to encourage this waitress or not. And over time, we finally finished our dinner. And at the end of the dinner, my friends walked out and I was lingering around and I was still trying to decide if I was going to do it or not. And I finally just decided to step out in faith. And I went up to her. She was cleaning the table. And I said, hi. How are you? You don't know me, but this might not make sense to you. I don't know if you believe God, believe in God or not, but I feel like God is speaking to me to encourage you with the fact that he loves you so much and he longs to be in a relationship with you. I don't know where that sits with you, but I felt like I needed to encourage you with that. And her immediate response was, what religion do you believe in? I said, Christianity. I believe in Jesus. And it was in that moment as if she just opened up a part of her life to me and started telling me how she used to go to church. She used to believe, or she used to go to church all the time, and she had a great relationship with God, but over time, she just hadn't been going. And she also talked about how her father didn't really like going to church and kind of rubbed him the wrong way. And at the end of our conversation, well, first off, I was just amazed, right? I was amazed that, that this was even happening, that God would use a vessel to encourage this young lady. And I was in shock, but we were having this dialogue, and at the end of our conversation, I was able to encourage her and, and say, I, I th- I'm believing that you're going to find a church here in Jacksonville. I believe you're going you're gonna to be planted. Not only that, I believe you going to church is going to leave a good impression on your dad. And I believe that that, that is going to change something in your dad's heart, there's going to be a shift. And maybe, maybe he was a little skeptical with the idea of God, but I believe that he's going to start coming to church with you. So I just spoke it into existence. But that never would have happened. That whole interaction would have never happened if I hadn't stepped out in obedience. And I felt God speaking that word to me over and over again over the last couple of days, obedience, obedience. And man, is it hard to step out when you feel like God is talking to you. But it's always worth it. It's always worth it. The truth is this morning that the good life comes from living a God-centered life. And it has to do with obedience. Hearing his voice and stepping out. And this was an amazing experience that I was able to go through, but the requirement was obeying God and what he was asking me to do. It's not always easy to step out in obedience, but it is so worth it. It's so worth it. So this morning, I want to just give us a couple handles, three handles this morning, in this idea of stepping out in obedience, this action 
of obedience. So are you ready? You leaning in? Amazing. Well, first point this morning, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. And if you're not taking notes, you can write this down. Faith and obedience go well together. Faith and obedience, they go well together. Why? Because obedience shows the faith you have in him. And having faith or trust in him frees you up to obey when he is speaking to you. So they mix well together. They're in sync. So what is faith? Faith is, it says it right here in Hebrews 11. I'd love to read it to you. In verse 1 it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen yet. But I'm, I'm here to tell you this morning that it's not risky trusting God. Maybe you walked in this morning and this is your first time in church. Maybe this is your first time hearing about Jesus and this whole idea of having a relationship with him. But I want to tell you, friend, that it's not risky trusting God. It's actually more risky not trusting him. And I think in my life, I can, it doesn't take me very long to look back in my past to see all of the times that he's been faithful. And that gives me confidence for today and also for the future. Because our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can I get an amen this morning in the house? He is faithful. He is faithful. But it takes a position of obedience. And it takes this idea of faith and trust. And he will meet us. So I want to read Proverbs chapter 3 to you. Start in verse 5. Look how amazing this is. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. So obey, surrender to him. And he will make your path straight. Which is that happy, joy-filled life that we all want to live. That's amazing. Trust God. Submit your ways to him. And he will make your path straight. It's that God-centered life. It's the good life. But it takes all of those things. It takes all of those requirements. To result in a good life. If we go back to these three Hebrew men, what really gets me the most is that they were confronted with a decision. They were actually confronted with this difficult decision whether they were going to disobey God and bow down to this golden image or stand their ground and trust God to the point of maybe being killed. But it's amazing. Their faith inspires me. And it should inspire us this morning. One thing that really stood out to me was when I was reading this, I wanted to ask us, what is your belief system in the moments of an unfamiliar adversity? So what is, what is your belief system? What, what do you believe God, or who do you believe God is in those moments where things aren't going right? Because that's, that's what counts the most. That's what counts the most. What you believe God is in those seasons where everything is going wrong, but you have God to hold on to, and he is faithful. You just have to step out in obedience and trust him. Believe in those moments. These men, they did not waver who they trusted in, and it's beautiful. But King Nebuchadnezzar is threatening to throw them in the fire, and look at what they say in verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered, And said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this manner. 
For this be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, but if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. So we are not going to bow down because our allegiance is, is, is in God. That's what they're saying. Even if God doesn't save us. Even if. We're not bowing down. That is something to be inspired by. I love that what Joyce Myers says with this idea of obedience. I wanted to read this quote to you. It says, obedience to God is the pathway to the life you really want to live. So faith plus obedience equals the good life. Faith and obedience mix well together. And secondly, this morning, obedience empowers us to overcome. Obedience empowers us to overcome. You see, obedience also helps us to become an overcomer. But before we can overcome, we are often confronted by the furnace. So in this story, we see the furnace, and the furnace often represents those hardships, those seasons where you don't feel like everything's working out, where you feel like you're confronted with a hard circumstance. The furnace is not a bad season, though. The furnace season can be a good season because that's where you see God refine you the most. And in those moments where you trust God anyways, when you don't feel like everything's working out, God is refining you. He's building perseverance up in your soul. Then he's also leading you to a place where you'll be able to overcome more than you could before entering that season. So it's not a bad thing. We should embrace it because the truth this morning is that the furnace season doesn't break us. It actually makes us. It makes us who we are meant to be in God. So it makes us. So obedience will empower us. There will be a process for sure, but it will lead us to a place of overcoming, a spirit of an overcomer. I remember when, when God called me to Hillsong International Leadership College, called me to go to Sydney, Australia. And it was an amazing experience for me. But that was probably the biggest faith step I'd ever taken in my whole life. And there was a lot of unknowns that, that were involved in that. But I still chose to step out and trust. And as soon as I landed, God started refining me. He started doing open heart surgery on me. Fixing things in my life that I didn't know needed fixing until I was in that season. That might have felt like I was in the heat. But I needed to be in that season in order for God to work on me, but also to let impurities rise up that were never meant to be there so he could take them away. You know, and back in the day, craftsmen, they would, they would melt gold, molten gold, and then in a crucible, they would go and wait for the impurities to rise up to the surface and they would skim it out. They would skim the impurities out. And I believe God does that if we allow him to, but we have to step out in obedience. And in those seasons where it's tough, there's going to be a process, but we're always going to leave better off because we are going to overcome. But it takes obedience. The Bible tells us that we can overcome, and I love it in John chapter 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, But take heart, I have overcome the world. 
don't know about you, but that stirs something up in my spirit this morning that no matter what we go through, there's someone else that's overcome before us, and that's Jesus. Jesus is here with us, and we can overcome because he first overcame. I love it. But don't disregard, don't push up against the furnace season, those seasons that feel dry or they, they might be difficult because that's where God wants to work the most. But it's going to be a process, but I promise you it's always worth it because God's involved. So obedience empowers us to overcome. And my third handle this morning is that Jesus is on the other side of your obedience. Jesus is on the other side of your obedience. You could be in a good season right now, and we should praise God for it. We really should. But maybe you're in a season where it's difficult, and it's vital to hold on to what God is speaking to you, because the truth is, he's speaking but he wants to see if you will trust and obey him. Faith and obedience equals a good life. But the beautiful thing about it is when we step out in obedience, we're met with Jesus. So I want to remind someone this morning that you are never alone. When you step out, you're not in the darkness. You're not alone by yourself. Jesus is with you. You are never alone. Jesus will meet you where you're at. I didn't say it earlier, but I love that when these three men were dropped into the furnace, they they fell in bound, but once they were in there for a bit, they were unbound. I wonder if some of you guys caught that, but it was the rope. That was burned. That was the only thing. Their garments weren't burned. Nothing on them was injured. The only thing that was taken off were the ropes. And that takes stepping out in obedience and allowing God to take out the impurities, things that weren't ever meant to be there in the first place. And I love that this story alludes to that. And Jesus is on the other side your obedience. I want to read the rest of this story in verse 22. It says, because the king's order was urgent and the furnace overheated, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men fell bound into the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the fire? They answered and said to the king, true, O king, He answered and said, but I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. I'm here to remind you this morning that Jesus is with you. A king that believed and worshiped pagan gods was even able to recognize who was in the fire with them. He said it was a son of the gods, but we know this morning that it was the son of God that was with them. Jesus was with them, and he is with you. He is with you on the other side of your obedience. I love it that earlier in this this passage, before, before these men were uprooted and held in captivity and moved to Babylon, 
they'd never, they didn't originally have these names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their original names in Hebrew, they were translated to, in this order, Jehovah is gracious, who belongs to God, and Jehovah helps. That was the original meaning of their Hebrew names before the king changed them. So I'm here to remind you this morning that God is faithful. He is faithful. And their very names in Hebrew spoke of God's faithfulness. So before they went to the fire, all they had to do is remember who they were named by and what their names meant. It's the fact that Jesus was with them. Jehovah helps. Jesus helps. And it's amazing. We have that to look at and, and gain confidence from because on the other side of our obedience, we are met with Jesus. There is another in the fire, friend. There is another in the fire. So I'd, I'd love for us, just in this moment, as the band comes back up, I'd really love for us to all just stand. And I want to take some time to actually pray for some people. And I just want to read this this last verse is one of my favorite passages in scripture to you. It's in Isaiah 43. Starting in verse 2. It says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God. Let that alone encourage you this morning. You're not alone. Jesus is with you on the other side of your obedience. But it takes faith and obedience. And you can overcome more than you can think. But the first thing in the process is stepping out in obedience. And I don't know if you're in this place and God is calling you to step out, to start a new business. Maybe stepping out, stepping you out in obedience to, to work on a relationship or a marriage. Whatever it might look like for you. Maybe, maybe you're in this place and you feel like a part of your life, if you're to be honest, is out of alignment with God. But you feel like God is asking you to step out in obedience and to correct it so it's back in alignment with God. I want to pray for you. I want to spend some time praying for you. So with every head bow, I close in this place. I wonder where this message lands for you. If you're to look at any area of your life, where do you feel like God is calling you out to step out in obedience, to obey Him and just trust Him? If you're in this place and that's you, I'd just love for you to just raise your hand for a second just so I know who I'm praying for. Amazing. Jesus, I just thank you for every single person that rose their hand. God, I pray that you would remind them that they can gain the spirit of an overcomer when they step out in obedience, that they can actually 
attach their faith to their obedience because you are trustworthy, Jesus. And it results in the good life. But God, before we have a part of the good life, we have to step out. And I just pray that you would encourage these people that are in this room to step out when you've called them, God. And we thank you that you meet us where we're at, Jesus. That there is another in the fire, God. You don't leave us. You don't run out on us, God. You won't run out on your people. We just thank you, God, for that truth this morning, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Let's just take some time to worship him in this moment. Well, we hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.